Aloha, people of God. It's your brother Mike Dillard coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to Fully Submitted. So it's today, it's Sunday. Today is April 16th. I'm here at the beach. I'm chilling. And I just wanted to deliver this message. And I'm very excited to give you this message. It's, it focuses on uh, Jeroboam, son of Nebat. A very interesting character, not just in what he did, but in the effect that he had for generations on God's people. So we're definitely going to get into that after we pray. After we pray. All right, so let's get it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, God. This day that you have given us to celebrate you, to celebrate your goodness, God. To meditate on your goodness and your word. And Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, God, and all that you have done in our lives, Father. Thank you for allowing us to be called your children, sons and daughters of the Most High God. Father, we absolutely love you, God, and we need you. We cannot do the things that you call us to do in this world without your help. So we humble ourselves before you, God, and we ask you, have mercy on our souls, have mercy on our families, have mercy on our loved ones, and God, help us to do the work that you've called us to do. Father, I ask that you would use me for this podcast, anoint this message, use me, God. Touch my brothers and sisters around the world, and God, speak to them, God, through this message. We ask these things, and we pray against any confusion Father, any confusion, any fear and anxiety, any worries, anything that's going to choke out the joy and the, the word of God that's coming to them right now, Father, we pray against these things, deliverance. We pray for deliverance in the name of Jesus. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, Father. Thank you so much. We love you. We love you, Father. I love you. All right. All right. Let's get it. Let's get it. So, Today's episode is entitled, That Old Devil Consequence. There's an old movie, well let me back it up and say it one more time, That Old Devil Consequence. There's a really famous movie from the 40s called Cabin in the Sky. It had Lena Horne in it and basically, you know, it centers around this couple you know, a black man and a black woman, a couple. Uh, the woman is a very sweet, God-loving person, God-fearing person. Her husband, on the other hand, he's kind of a rascal. You know, like he's playing dice, he's gambling, you know, he's doing shady stuff, getting in trouble. And she's always trying to help him stop doing evil. Because she loves him. Uh, her name is Petunia, his name is Little Joe, right? So... At one point, he used to be cheating on Petunia with this character played by Lena Horne. If you don't know who Lena Horne is, look her up. Very famous American actress, uh, African-American actress, beautiful, wonderful singing voice, the whole nine. But anyway, she's kind of used as the temptress. So in this movie, you kind of see like how... The devil is trying to get somebody's soul. And you get to see also how God is working behind the scenes. It's a battle. You can see what's going on in the natural and you can see the battle in the spiritual. It's such a good movie. Even though it was made in 1943, I believe. 
but really, really good. So anyway, my point is, Lil Joe finally is doing good. He's working a normal job. He's not sinning. You know, he's, he's, he's trying to live a good life. And then the devil season was like, you know, what? I'm going to give little Joe some money. I'm going to make sure he wins this uh, lottery ticket. So he has all his money. And then I can tempt him with Lena Horn and go gambling. Basically, he's trying to get him back in the sin so he can kill him. And, he, and little Joe will go to hell. So when Lena Horn comes trying to tempt him, looking all pretty and whatnot, he starts singing a song to remind himself to be obedient to God. And the song is that old devil consequence. So it's like, these are the consequence, that old devil consequence. So he's just reminding himself, like, do not sin, <laughs> right? Stay away from Lena Horn. Stay away from that lifestyle. Do not sin. Stay before the Lord. So anyway, that's all I'll say about that. If you guys want to look it up, I'm sure it's on YouTube. You can find it online. Cabin in the Sky. That's the name of it. Wonderful movie. So anyway, that old devil consequence. Now I told y'all I'm outside at the beach, so from time to time, you're probably going to hear airplanes or helicopters flying over here because I'm on a military beach and it's an aviation. It's an old aviation base. So, I mean, there's still an airport over here and things flying in and whatnot so i apologize but you know how we do it right i always tell you it's a live and dynamic podcast right so wherever i get it that's where i spit it wherever it comes up that's what i'm putting it down i'm here at the beach it's going down it's going down it's going down <laughs> okay so let's talk about legacy let's talk about legacy okay what is your legacy if i if i were to ask you a question what is your legacy that you want to leave behind, let's say, as a husband or a wife or a child, right? Uh, what, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind as a business owner? You know, that each one of those questions would invoke a different set of response from you. If I was to ask you, more importantly, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind as a Christian, as a child of the Most High God, what would that be? And I kind of started asking myself this the other day, and that's, I think, where this podcast sprung out, right? The thought occurred to me, what would my legacy be? I'm like, well, I definitely want a legacy that, you know, is something good, is something wholesome, is something that is going to add to people. You know, and definitely bless my family, you know, for generations to come. And then the thought occurred to me about Jeroboam, son of Nebat. Now, if you don't know who this guy is, I mean, he was a king. He's fame. He's infamous. David was famous. Jeroboam, son of Nebat, is infamous, right, for what he did. And there's nobody in the Bible like Jeroboam, son of Nebat, in that not only did he sin, but the way that he sinned caused God's people to sin for generations, at least seven, uh, seven, six to seven generations of people sinned 
because of what this man did. And well, Brother Mike, how can you say that? Because it's clearly in the Bible. God says that. So when you go in the book of 1 Kings, you go in the book of 2 Kings, when kings would do evil many times, not every single king that did evil, but a large majority of the kings that did evil, the Lord said in the Bible that this particular king did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he walked in the ways of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, or he... He didn't get rid of all of the ways of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, right? So basically, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a negative mark on Jeroboam. And for a person to sin, his sin caused so much destruction that the Most High God of all creation consistently would repeat that this guy was basically the start of all that sin. Like, that is not... The legacy for a Christian. I know for myself, that is definitely not the legacy, you know, that I want to leave behind. Definitely not. Now, I want to read this scripture to you. There's, there's going to be a lot of scriptures in today's uh, episode. And it's important, right? Please, y'all go and study yourselves, right? <laughs> I always encourage you. Look it up in the Bible. Find it for yourself. And as you're reading it in the Bible and as you're thinking about the scriptures, Holy Spirit will talk to you. Holy Spirit will give you questions. He'll lead you in the direction of all truth. Right. He'll help you to look at it in a certain way and look at your life and everything else. And he's going to help you to grow. He's going to add to you. So if you just listen to the podcast, that's one thing. This is a godly inspired podcast. Of course, it's going to help. However, it does not take the place of you yourself getting your Bible and studying and spending intimate time with the Lord. Okay, that being said, first scripture. No, 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 let me back up. Let's read the definition of legacy. Legacy, according to Oxford languages, is the long-lasting impact of particular events, actions, etc. that took place in the past or of a person's life. Okay, I'm going to read that one more time because I know I talk pretty fast. Legacy, as defined by Oxford Languages, is the long-lasting impact of particular events actions etc that took place in the past or of a person's life legacy okay that's what I, that's what we're focusing on during this session legacy now we all know about king saul king saul uh could have had a great future but his sin ruined his whole family it, it just ruined his whole family, you know, and this thing, him going after David, trying to kill him. And David didn't do anything to King Saul. King Saul was disobedient. He was disobedient. And because of his disobedience, he lost the kingdom. Well, God took the kingdom from him and gave it to David eventually. Right. But this is the word of God that came through Samuel, the prophet Samuel, to uh, 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 King Saul. Sorry about that. It's 
early in the morning over here. Sometimes my mind be a little slow. All right, the King Saul. Then this is right after King Saul sinned and disobeyed God. Right? He didn't kill all the people he was supposed to kill. He didn't kill King Agag. He didn't get rid of all the 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 vegetation and all these things that would be good to the eye. King Saul kept it for himself. He kept all the stuff, right? Um, anyway, he disobeyed. So this is what it said. 1 Samuel 15, verse 17. And Samuel said, Though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. You know, when I read that scripture, I read it again. 1 Samuel 15, verse 17. And Samuel said, Though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. I read that and it just stuck with me so powerfully. It's like, wow, you know, God gives us an assignment. The assignment is so, so huge. And it really, it, 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 it kind of, how can I say that assignment should kind of guide, it should steer our actions towards righteousness, towards God, because the assignment is so big, right? And we want to please the Lord. Therefore, you know, we recognize our own shortcomings and we go to God for help. That's how it works. But, Sam, but when you look at King Saul and you look at his actions and then you read this word right here, it makes sense what Saul did, why he did it. King Saul was not focused on the legacy that he was going to leave behind. He was not focused on, you know, the Lord helping him because obviously King Saul in and of itself was he was just unable to do the stuff. He needed God's help and he needed to be obedient so that way he could receive the blessings that God had for him. But instead of focusing on the Lord, instead of focusing on what will please God, instead of focusing on the legacy, the long lasting impact of the particular events and actions based on King Saul's decision, you know, King Saul sinned. He didn't think about the Lord. He did what he wanted to do. He tried to do it in his own strength and it ultimately led to his death and the death of his sons, even beloved Jonathan. We all love Jonathan. Jonathan loved David. He looked out for David, but Jonathan died too. Right? And the kingdom went to David. It could have been in Saul's family, but his disobedience, the choices, the consequences, that old devil consequence. He didn't think about the consequence when he did it. Now, I've laid the foundation. Let's get into Jeroboam, son of Nebat. Okay? So for this, Jeroboam, we're going to read from 1 Kings 11, verses 26 through 38. Okay? There's a whole lot being delivered, but I still believe we are going to be in and out of here in under 30 minutes. Okay, let's get it. 1 Kings 11, 26 through 38. Jeroboam the son of Nebat, an Ephraimite, an Ephraimite of Zeradah, a servant of Solomon, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow, also lifted up his hand against the king. Okay, that would be King Solomon. And this was the reason why he lifted up his hand against the king. Solomon built the Milo 
and closed up the breach of the city of David his father. The man Jeroboam was very able, and when Solomon saw that the young man was industrious, he gave him charge over all the forced labor of the house of Joseph. And at that time, when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem, the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, found him on the road. Now, Ahijah had dressed himself in a new garment, and the two of them were alone in the open country. Then Ahijah laid hold of the new garment that was on him and tore it into twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself ten pieces, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. Behold, I am about to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon and will give you ten tribes. But he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city that I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Because they have forsaken me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Chemosh, the god of Moab, and Milcom, the god of the Ammonites. And they have not walked in my ways, doing what is right in my sight, and keeping my statutes and my rules as David his father did. Nevertheless, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him ruler all the days of his life. For the sake of David, my servant, whom I chose, who kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hands and will give it to you ten tribes. Yet to his son, I will give one tribe that David, my servant, may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I have chosen to put my name. And I will take you. That's Jeroboam, son of Nebat. And I will take you and you shall reign over all that your soul desires and you shall be king over Israel. And if you will listen to all that I command you and will walk in my ways and do what is right in my eyes by keeping my statutes and my commandments as David, my servant did, I will be with you and will build you a sure house as I built for David and I will give Israel to you. Wow. Did you hear that? So essentially, the promise he gave David is the same promise he gave Jeroboam for the most part. Right. He didn't he didn't tell Jeroboam that he have a somebody on the throne forever. Right. But other than that, he gave Jeroboam the, the same promise he gave David. Right now. How many of you have read this scripture and was like, wow, I wish God would tell me that. I know I I know that I did. Every time I read, I'd be like, wow, God, you know, I sure would like if you give me that promise, I would do it. And, you know, maybe Jeroboam thought the same thing. But then what he did. He totally. Immediately started doing what he wanted to do. He wasn't thinking about the consequences. He wasn't thinking about the legacy of what he was going to believe leave behind and maybe because he thought of himself you know that he was so little in his own eyes like Saul did we all can do that it's like who am I I'm, I'm just you know I'm just this person I'm here on the earth for now nobody even knows my name you know we're not famous we're not this we're not rich whatever it is we're little in our own eyes and so the tendency is to think that what we do is not going to have a long lasting and negative impact on people if we sin against God. Or if by walking up rightly by God, even if nobody's clapping for you, nobody's cheering for you, patting you on the back, telling you great job, whatever. 
you know, then maybe the thought is, well, no one even knows me. It's not like, you know, what I'm doing is really going to make a difference. I'm just I just go to work every day. I'm a I'm a husband. I'm a wife. That's you know, that that's what I do. I'm a mom. I'm a dad. You know, so because we think so little of ourselves in our own eyes, we think that our actions won't have lasting effects that's going to be passed down for generations, generations. And that's what happened with Jeroboam. Jeroboam sinned and he kept sinning and he kept sinning and he kept sinning with no regard to God, no regard to how the Lord felt about it, what the Lord was going to do to him what the effects was going to do to his own kids and his grandkids. He didn't even stop to think about it. He just did what he wanted to do. And he, and, and that was that. So let's, let's jump forward a little bit and we'll see in first Kings 14 verses 10 and 11. First Kings 14, 10 and 11. No, no, no. We got to back it up. We got to back it up. We'll start at verse 6. No, I'm so sorry, y'all. You know how we do it sometimes. I just got to read. We'll start at verse 1 and go down to verse 11. All right. This is titled the prophecy against Jeroboam because Jeroboam kept sinning. Okay, so at that time... Abijah, the son of Jeroboam, fell sick, and Jeroboam said to his wife, Arise and disguise yourself, that it not be known that you are the wife of Jeroboam, who is the king, and go to Shiloh. Behold, Ahijah, the prophet, is there, who said of me that I should be king over this people. Take with you ten loaves, some cakes, and a jar of honey, and go to him. He will tell you what shall happen to the child. Jeroboam's wife did so. She arose and went to Shiloh and came to the house of Ahijah. Now, Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were dim because of his age. He's old. He's blind. That's right. And the Lord said to Ahijah, Behold, the wife of Jeroboam is coming to inquire of you concerning her son, for he is sick. Thus and thus shall you say to her. When she came, she pretended to be another woman. But when Ahijah, <clears throat> excuse me, folks. But when Ahijah heard the sound of her feet, as, as she came in at the door, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why do you pretend to be another? For I am charged with unbearable news for you. Go tell Jeroboam. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Because I exalted you from among the people and made you leader over my people Israel and tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you, and yet you have not been like my servant David, who kept my commandments and followed me with all his heart, doing only that which was right in my eyes. But you have done evil above all who are before you and have gone and made for yourself other gods and metal images, provoking me to anger and have cast me behind your back. Therefore, behold, I will bring harm upon the house of Jeroboam and will cut off from Jeroboam every male, both bond and free in Israel, and will burn up the house of Jeroboam as a man burns up dung until it is all gone. Anyone belonging to Jeroboam who dies in the city, the dog shall eat, and anyone who dies in the open country, the birds of the heavens shall eat, for the Lord has spoken it. 
Wow. Wow. That is the total opposite of the promise that God gave to Jeroboam. But Jeroboam was focused on what he wanted to do in this life. He wasn't focused on his consequences. He wasn't focused on the legacy, right? And didn't that, didn't that prophecy sound very, very familiar to you, right? That's the same prophecy that came to Ahab and Jezebel, right? That's the same prophecy. Now, God, because uh, Ahab repented in his heart, you know, he was convicted and repented. He still eventually died, but he didn't get the horrible death that Jezebel got where the dogs literally ate her. You know, when she fell out the window, the dogs came and ate her. Everything. I think only like a foot and a piece of the scalp was left, the Bible says. So, you know, wow. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Now, let's look at this. So we saw the progression of sin. We saw the Lord choosing Jeroboam, giving him this awesome promise in 1 Kings 14, excuse me, uh, 1 Kings 11, verse 38. That's when God gave him that awesome promise. But already by 1 Kings 14, we see he just committed to a lifestyle of sin. And then the Lord punished him. In 1 Kings 14, 10 and 11. Now, I mentioned earlier that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, is mentioned several times throughout 1 Kings, throughout 2 Kings. I'll just name a few of the scriptures, but again, it's up to you to do the research. 1 Kings 15, verse 34. 1 Kings 16, verse 2. 1 Kings 16, verse 26. 1 Kings 16, 31. 2 Kings 3, verse 3, 2 Kings 13, 2, 2 Kings 13, 11, 2 Kings 14, 24, 2 Kings 15, 9, 2 Kings 15, 18. And that's not even all the references. So when these kings would come and do evil, the Lord clearly says, yeah, they did evil in my sight and they walked in the ways of Jeroboam, son of Nebat. In other words, well, well let's, let's back it up. What did Jeroboam do <clears throat> that stuck for so long? Jeroboam created his own form of worship, his own form of religion. Jeroboam was the guy, you know, he, he put in place those high places where people would go and, and worship, the high places. And it, it, people burned offerings in the high places, right? And they had <clears throat> golden calves. Now, we know from reading the Bible that, you know, Jeroboam did not create the golden calf. I mean, it was all the way back with, right, when Moses went to get the Ten Commandments, you know, Aaron was down there with the people and they, he created for them golden calves and said, these are your gods that brought you out of Egypt, worship them. So, again, it wasn't something that, it wasn't something that uh, Jeroboam created, but putting in place the high places and there was political reasons behind what he did, right? Because essentially Jeroboam was the first king and founder of the independent northern kingdom of Israel. So, you know from reading the Bible, the people were required to come, <clears throat> excuse me, I believe they were required to come to Israel every so often and worship there, right? And so what he was trying to do politically is make sure that people didn't go back to the old ways stick to the old ways and you know 
defect from his part of Israel and go back to the old part, if that makes sense. I'm probably oversimplifying it, but at the heart, that's what it is. So he set something up, not thinking about the Lord, not thinking about the consequences. He set up a new form of worship and, and told the people to do that. And you know what happens with people? People are like sheep. People are kind of dumb sometimes, right? They do what they've been trained to do. They just do that. So he set up this institution of worship, even though they clearly knew about, you know, the old ways of worshiping God, which was the true ways of worshiping God. And they got used to doing that instead. And what did they do? They passed it down to their kids and their kids and their kids. Kings came in and followed what had already been set up. You know, it was popular with the people and they didn't change it. And so you have generations of people that fell away from the Lord because this one man whom God was good to decided that he didn't want to be good back to God. So we're definitely not going to make 30 minutes this time. Okay. But anyway, where where does this message land with you? Where Where is this message landing in your heart? Because it's time, if you're not doing this, it's time to really stop and take stock of your life and assess what you're doing. What are you doing with the Lord? Are, are you really walking up right with the Lord? Are you playing games? You know if you're watching porn. You know if you're cheating on your wife. You know if you're shacking up and having unmarried sex. You know if you're doing all these things and a host of other things that, that, that are sinful. You know that. If you're living a homosexual life, okay, come on now. You may not like what I'm saying, but it's not about what I'm saying. It's about what God says. I didn't write the Bible. God wrote it. He says it's sin. It's sin. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at God. Right? Check yourself. Humble yourself before the Lord your God. Whatever the sin is, whatever your sin is, if you're actively walking in sin, don't be like, I'm not sin. Go to God and be like, yes, I'm sinning. God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Please help me. Look at your life. If you're walking up rightly before the Lord right now, currently, fantastic, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Keep walking that walk because your actions have consequences. And people always think of consequences as a negative thing. Do you know that there are positive consequences too? A consequence is something that comes out of an action that you took. So if you're taking good actions, you're planting good seeds, you're going to get good fruit. You'll have good consequences. David received good consequences from walking up right before the Lord. Right? When he sinned with Bathsheba and killed Uriah the Hittite, he had negative consequences that never left his family. Ultimately, David is remembered as Israel's greatest king. But we all know what happened with David and Bathsheba, right? But look at David's legacy. What David, you know, that the, the choice to kill Uriah, the choice to take his wife and do the things he did, it did mar him, did left a mark on his family. The Bible said the sword would never leave his household. But ultimately, when you read about David, it said David was blameless in, in all his ways. We're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what? David clearly sinned against God and, and did this thing and God pronounced a judgment against him. Yeah, that's true. But remember, love covers a multitude of sins. So you did the thing that you did before the Lord. Repent. Turn away. 
How many times did Jeroboam probably have an opportunity to repent, you know, before the Lord's wrath was kindled against him? He just wouldn't change. He just wouldn't repent. So I just want to encourage you. If you're living an ungodly lifestyle right now, yeah, there's going to be consequences. Don't think that your actions are not going to have consequences. I did things in my younger years which literally lasted. The consequences took 20 years. 20 years. I could look back and see certain things and certain decisions that I made. And it's like, man, if only I had gone left instead of right. If only I had said this or said that. But in the moment... I didn't think that 20 years later, I'd have been dealing with the consequences. Right? How about you? Where are you today? I want you to seriously consider your walk with the Lord and be encouraged. Be encouraged, right? Because the Lord sees you, brother. The Lord sees you, sister. As a mighty man or a woman of God, even though you may see yourself small in your eyes like Gideon, right? But God say he's a mighty man. What? God sees us differently than we see ourselves. And again, right there with, with Samuel and Saul, Saul saw himself little in his eyes, but God saw him for what he made him to do. You are the king, the anointed king over all Israel. That's what God said he was. So we have to stop focusing on what we are and what we think we are. Focus on what the Lord said you are. And many of you might say, well, I don't know what the Lord said I am. I, I don't know. Well, if that's you, you know, if you want to know something from the Lord, fast and pray. I mean, you could just go to him, ask him. He may or may not say something the first time you do it. But if you fast and pray, seek him on the matter, the Lord will let you know. Now, if you're a baby Christian, you probably don't know. If you're a Christian, you've been around for a while walking with the Lord, I'm quite sure you probably know. Right? Go and ask God, the one that made you, and he will tell you and he will help you. Right? We're so much more than we think of ourselves. Don't let the way you think of yourself determine your actions in other words if you think of yourself small if you think of yourself of less than what god told you that you are you're going to take different actions if you're not focused on what pleases the lord and you're just focused on what you want to do you're going to take very different actions like jeroboam son of nebat you have to think long term and i always say this God is a generational God. And by God, I mean the Lord Jesus of Nazareth. Right? The Lord is a generational God. He's outside of space and time. We're coming to a close here soon. The Lord is outside of space and time. The Lord sees you. He sees your whole family line. He sees your whole family line. Who comes out of your loins? Who comes out of their loins and their loins and their loins? He sees the whole bloodline. So you have to remember, even though you're here in this present time, what you do is going to be passed down through the generations. Like you heard the term generational curses. These are real things. This ain't no movie. It's a real thing. People sinned against the Lord. They did certain things. They opened up a door and there was curses. 
Deuteronomy 28 clearly talks about the blessings and the curses. These are both very real things. And, and there needs to be repentance. Some things are very obvious in a family. Why is that family always in trouble? Why are they always fighting? Why are they always drinking? Why is, you know, there's rape, there's this, there's evil. Why, 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 why? Generational curses, things that were never broken, things that were never repented of. You have to go and repent. You have to go before the Lord, acknowledge the sins for you and your whole family. Acknowledge them. Go before the Lord, you know. Pray, fast, cry, weep, moan, right? And the Lord will hear that. If you're serious, he'll hear that. He will forgive the sin. And that line can be broken. I, I want you to take, and yes, we are coming to a close now, definitely. I want you to take good stock of where you are today, brothers and sisters. And be real about it. Don't sugarcoat it because the Lord sees it all. He sees it all. If there's sin, stop it. <laughs> stop it right now go before the lord confess your sin ask for help stop it uh, now is not the time to be goofing off and sinning it up and living now is not that time now is the time to get closer to the lord if you walk in sin and you're not even thinking about it your heart's gonna get harder and harder and harder colder colder and colder the shift is already happening it's already happening so what you have to do is Acknowledge it. Look for it. Go before the Lord. Repent and think about what legacy are you going to leave behind for your children and your children's children and so on, so on and so on. Are you going to leave behind a legacy like David where people celebrate David to this day? Israel's greatest king doesn't mean that you never sin doesn't mean David didn't sin. But his heart was right before the Lord. When he did sin, he owned that bad boy. He owned it. Confess your sins before the Lord. Confess your sins. That you can be cleaned of all unrighteousness, right? Love covers a multitude of sins. No matter what you've done, you can go to the Lord. You can own it. Go to the Lord and repent. And it will be better. Think about the Lord. Think about your family. And, and yes, think about you. Because you will be judged one day on what you do. Don't think you won't. You will be. Okay, so that's it. In summary, remember, what you do has lasting consequences for you, for your family. Think about the legacy that you're going to leave behind as a Christian. You want to leave behind a good legacy for Christ, a good legacy for your family, and not leave a horrible legacy like Jeroboam, son of Nebat. Okay, that's it. That's it. And remember, always remember, right? Submit yourself unto God first, then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Until next time, aloha and be blessed.